Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Morning again. Open your Bibles, if you would, please. Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. Verses 15 through 21 are going to be our focus today, but we'll be going in a few different places as we examine uh, the life of Joseph and look at the message that we have here today. This is going to be the final message in our series, Genesis, Stories from the Beginning, and today's message is titled, God of Wonders, just like the song that we just sang. He is a God of Wonders, and so we thank him because in the midst of of adversity in the midst of trying times he is there working these wonderful miracles and these wonderful things our principle for today is this it comes from Romans 8:28 so we're going to be dissecting this verse and applying it to what we read here from the story of Joseph in Genesis 50 8:28 says this in the book of Romans and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So the faith of Joseph challenges us to trust God, even when it seems that God has forgotten us. And as we look at the story of Joseph, it would have been very easy for Joseph to think that God had forgotten about him. Now where we last left off was with the story of Abraham, and the calling that God had placed on Abraham's life to leave his home, to leave his uh, father's house, and to go into a new land where the Lord was going to show him. The promised land that God had set up for his people, a land that flowed with milk and honey. So we are about 230 years removed from that calling on Abraham's life. But here we have this story of Joseph. He is the son of Israel. That's Jacob. Okay, so Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So here we have the story of Joseph, and he has gone through quite an ordeal. Now, Joseph was one of 12 sons of Israel, and he was, what the Bible says, the one who Jacob loved because he was the son of his old age. And he had made his son Joseph a multicolored coat, the coat of many colors. And so there was a lot of jealousy between the brothers towards Joseph. And so they devised a plan one day that they were going to do away with what they called the dreamer. And they stuck him in a pit, and they were going to have him killed. But they decided, no, we won't do that. We'll stick him in a pit here. And then a caravan of travelers came by, and they sold him to the caravan of travelers. They sold him into slavery. So how would you like to feel that kind of betrayal from your family, to be sold into slavery? And then he finds himself here in Egypt, and that's where this story takes place. It takes place in the land of Egypt. So he is taken away to the land of Egypt, and he is given to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar is a high-ranking official in Egypt, and it's there where Joseph begins life as a servant to Potiphar. Well, while he is serving Potiphar, Potiphar's wife looks upon Joseph and she says, hmm, I kind of like the way he looks. And she tries to seduce him. And Joseph isn't having any of it. 
And he says, you know, I cannot do this to my master, Potiphar. And so she cries rape. And it's a false accusation levied against Joseph. <clears throat> so here's Joseph in a foreign land, having been sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers. And now he finds himself in jail after a false accusation accused falsely of raping, lying with Potiphar's wife. And so this is not looking good for Joseph. These are some difficult circumstances and some hard situations that he has found himself involved in. But what we find is that in the midst of these difficult times, we find a God who is working good for those who love him. We see God always working good in a broken and fallen world. So that's where we're going to be at today. Do you folks know anyone who likes to show you their scars? There are some people that just love to show their scars, don't they? Hey, look at this scar on my knee from my surgery. Hey, look at this scar from my appendix removal. Hey, look at this from my open heart surgery, right? They love to show you their scars. Now, scars, they tell a story. Every scar reveals an experience, maybe a difficult situation. And that scar says that there was, once was an opening here that has been sewn or stitched back together. So when you look at a scar, you can say that was a time of trauma. That was a time of pain. That was a time where I needed help. And even though those scars may indicate evidence of a wound, they also reveal to us evidence of a healer, evidence of healing. And that's exactly what God is. God is like a seamster. God is working in the midst of a broken and fallen world. And he is seaming together. He is creating stitches through this world, holding all things together. And that's the first thing that we see here in the story of Joseph is that God works good things in bad situations. You know, God works good things in all situations. God can't ever work bad because God is incapable of doing bad. He can only do good. So everything that God does is good. And so he's constantly working good in bad situations and he is holding all things together in these bad situations by simply getting involved when God decides to get himself involved he is going to turn what looks bad on the outside into a very good situation you know we can't see what God sees and we don't know what God knows and you should thank God for that because quite frankly you couldn't handle what God knows so the bad situations that on the outside to us look bad God is working those together for good in ways that we have no idea in ways that we don't know yet in ways that we cannot see and this story is written all over the Bible you know our world that we live in because of the fall and the curse of sin, would simply just implode all over itself. Everything would just fall apart at any moment if God was not there holding all things together. 
you see the scripture that's behind me. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Imagine the world, if you will, as like a Jenga game. You know the Jenga game with the wood pegs. You have a stack of wood pegs and every passing day a wood block is removed from the stack and at any moment it could just all come crashing down. But God is there holding the pieces together, keeping the stack up until the right moment when then at that time he will reveal his glory to us and Jesus Christ will come again and he will return and he will bring his church with him. A couple weeks ago I was asked by a co-worker if I could give him hand with a job. He said, Nick, I, I need your help. It's an easy job. But it requires two people. It requires two sets of hands. I said, well, sure. What is it? He said, I have these large 50-gallon garbage bags, and they're filled with insulation. It's very light. It's like cotton candy in a big garbage bag. He said, what I need to do is I need to stack these bags on skids and wrap them up. He said, when I try to stack the bags on top of each other, they just keep falling off because they're so light and they're unstable. He said, I need you to come and help me keep them stable while we wrap them up. I said, well, sure, Jeff, I'll be over there and we can take care of that job. And I got there. And so he's keeping the bags stable as we're stacking them. And I'm going around the skid with shrink wrap. And if you're not familiar with that, that's a plastic wrap, if you will, that's used to wrap pallets of materials to keep them steady and sturdy on the pallet. And so I've got the shrink wrap. And I'm going around the skid, and he's right there in front of me holding the bags on. And I'm chasing him around the skid, and we're singing Ring Around the Rosies. No, we're not doing that, but anyway. He's got to keep it stable as it's being tightened, as it's being secured. The Lord God Almighty is doing the exact same thing with the world that we live in today. He is holding things together. He is keeping things stable. And if it weren't for him, everything would just tumble and it would fall. But praise God that he has his guiding providential hand right on things. And he has not let go of it yet. And he will not let go of you. So no matter what turmoil that you have in your life or adversity that you may be facing, God is there to work all of that together for the good because he is a God who works good things in bad situations. You know, we can just look through the scriptures and we can see God working good things in bad situations. I told you about all of the adversity that Joseph was involved in. Well, God allowed these things to happen because he's seen down the road that Israel, the people of Israel, the Hebrew nation, was going to endure a famine in the land. And so he set up Joseph in these situations, worked good in them, and was able to put Joseph in a high-ranking position in Egypt so that God's people could then go into Egypt and survive the famine. God was working things together for the good. He was working good in a bad situation. What about Daniel's friends? You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How they did not bow down to the foreign god that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They said, no, we will remain faithful and true 
to the God, the one true God of all creation. And Nebuchadnezzar said, throw them in the fiery furnace. In fact, make it so hot that they'll just dissolve right away. In fact, it got so hot that the people who were tending to the fiery blaze, a few of them had died because the heat was so strong. And when he had put the three friends of Daniel's into the fiery furnace, what did he say? He said, is there a fourth person in there, one that looks like the Son of God? He spared them from the fiery furnace. And when they came out, they didn't even have the smell of smoke upon them. And God worked good in a bad situation because what had happened is even Nebuchadnezzar himself said, truly, this God of Daniel's friends is the one true and living God. Years later, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, sent him down from the heavens and said, go and be a light in the midst. Go and be my physical representation to the world. And there Jesus was, working miracles, speaking to large crowds. And sinful humanity took this man, this perfect man, and they levied all kinds of false accusations against him. They beat him. They spit upon him. They crucified him and nailed him to a cross. And yet there was God working good in a bad situation. He said every drop of blood that spills will be the saving grace of all those who put their faith in me. And so now there is salvation from the sin that we endure because God works good in all situations. I want to show you a verse here. Verse 20 in Genesis chapter 50. This is a good summary. It's Genesis 50 verse 20. Look what it says right here. As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result. To preserve many people alive. Folks, that verse is one that you need to underline, highlight, circle, whatever you need to do. But you need to remember that because that is a foundational verse of the Christian faith. God is always working good. Even when you say, you know what, why does God allow these things to happen? Folks, God has what is called foreknowledge omniscience that means he knows all things he can see all things god can see that he is going to work this out for good even though the world meant it for bad and that's exactly the situation that joseph finds himself in his brothers meant evil against him their anger toward him their jealousy toward him their enraged feelings toward him led them to do evil against him but god said no i will work this evil for good and he's going to do the same thing in your life he is doing it right now we just can't see it i am going to take this situation and i'm going to make something good out of it that is his desire that is what he wants to do you know and these bad situations they give the perfect backdrop 
the perfect contrast to a glorious God. Last week, Amy showed you pictures of her trip to Africa with the Grain of Rice Academy. Do you remember what you saw in those pictures? Bright smiles. Remember the comment we made? Wow, their teeth are so white and so beautiful. Those smiling families, those smiling faces. Do you remember what was in the background? Shacks, shanties, dirt, poverty. It was the background of the ugliness that made the smiling faces stand out. And that's exactly what God does. He takes the ugly. He takes the no good. He takes the rotten. He takes the dirty. He takes the sin and he turns it into a good. What we mean for evil, he turns to good good God is always working good in bad situations what a God we serve is that not a good God that is a good and glorious God now he is doing these things because he has good plans for us Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope these are the plans that God has for you hope and a future which is why he constantly works good in bad situations listen to what Ephesians 2 10 says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them God is preparing good works for you to walk into he is saying I have these things I am working good and bad situations I have things I want you to do that I've prepared for you what I need you to do is say yes you know that idea that you're getting that poking of the Holy Spirit I need you to say yes I have these plans that I've made for you and I want you to walk in them and they're good plans they're plans that I have meant for good for you. And this is what God does for us. This is a time of year where many families will plan spring breaks. And these are good plans. And they're good plans because it's time that you can spend with people that you love. People that you want to be, oh, excuse me, people that you want to be surrounded by. People that you want to be spending time with. People that are most precious to you. And that's what the Lord wants with you. Folks, the Lord is making plans for you. God desires to spend time with you. He's saying come and participate in the plans that I have for you. There's so much more than what you are living right now. How's the song go? If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Uh, could that be nothing? Is that Aerosmith? Right? You'll always get what you've always got. God is saying, come. Come to my plans. I have for you this work that I have laid out for you. Will you join him in what he has established for you? God is always working good because he is good. 
Even the things that we would call bad, we just don't know. We just can't see what God sees. The other thing I seen that Joseph had going for him was not only that God was going to work these good things in this bad situation, but that God is going to work good for those who love him. God is going to work good for those who love him. You say, well, God loves all people. God does love all people. But those who love God receive favor. Those who love God receive the favor of God. You know, the Lord, he was with Joseph. I want to show you something in the Bible here. Let's go to chapter 39. This is Genesis chapter 39. So go back a few pages to verse 39. We're going to walk through some verses here. They're all in chapter 39. Look what it says here. Verse 2, chapter 39, Genesis, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Look what it says in verse 3. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he had, that all that he did to prosper in his hand. Look at verse 4. So Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight, and became his personal servant. Look at verse 21 of chapter 39. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. Now look at verse 23. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Easy to see from those verses that Joseph had the favor of God and the favor of men. And you're saying, wow, I want that. I want God's favor like that in my life. Well, I have to ask you this question. Are you ready to spend time in the pit? Are you ready to spend time in the jail? Are you ready to endure false accusations against you? Are you ready to have your, your character torn down, your reputation torn down a notch? Are you ready to endure those types of things? Because you're going to find out here shortly that it's Joseph's behavior and attitude in those situations is what gives him the favor of God and the favor of men. How he responded in adverse conditions. How he responded when life turned up the heat. What did he do? What does God's favor look like? Favor with God and favor with man. Favor even with your enemies, right? It means this. It's, it's represented in this way. You receive responsibility and you receive honor in ways that you could not even manipulate yourself. You could not even conjure these things up. 
You receive responsibility for things that you never even imagined. You receive favor from people. All of a sudden, nice things begin happening to you or things may be happening in a way that you never could have imagined because you've got the favor of God and the favor of man into your life. Here's an important note I want you to remember. The favor of God is not getting what you want. The favor of God is not getting what you want. And I know that when we go to the grocery store and we get the little two-for-one deal, praise God, right? Or something good happens, well, praise God. We got this, we got that, we wanted that. That's not what the favor of God is. Joseph did not want to be put in the pit and sold into slavery. Joseph did not want to be put into jail falsely accused of rape. Joseph did not want those things. But Joseph received the favor of God and man. Why? Because he stayed faithful to the one true and living God and he did not dabble in the occult and false gods. Joseph didn't involve himself in secret societies. Joseph didn't involve himself in pantheism. Joseph stayed true and narrow focused on the one true and living God. The God that he knew was the creator of the heavens and the earth. The God that he knew made all men in his image. You see, he did not bring shame to the name of the Lord. He stayed faithful and he stayed true. Psalm 147.11 says this. The Lord favors those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. How did Joseph obtain this favor? Yes, we know he stayed true and faithful to God. But one thing I seen from reading Joseph's story is he made the best of what situation he was in. You know what he didn't do? He didn't lose heart. He didn't lose heart. Hebrews 12, 3. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus Christ was given hostility by people who, quite frankly, were not very spiritual people. Here he is, the Son of God, perfect in all his ways, and he's being put on trial by people who are selfish and deceitful, didn't spend time with God, and he is the Son of God, and they're ready to string him up. And what did he do? He endured it. He didn't grow weary, and he didn't lose heart. Joseph didn't either. He was put in the pit by his brothers. They threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. Yet he did not lose heart. He said, you know what? This is a situation I'm in. I'm going to go where these travelers take me, and I'm going to try and make the best of it. And he did. And so there was a peace about Joseph and a contentment about him, even in the midst of those trying situations. Why did he have such peace and contentment? Because he knew God was in control. 
He kept trusting that God at some point in time was going to take him to a good place, a better place. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. But at the end of this road, there's a better place because I trust God in this situation. So he didn't lose heart and he kept being faithful and doing good. Here Joseph was. Now he was a servant of a man named Potiphar in Egypt. And what did he do? He acted with kindness and he did exactly what his new master told him to do. He was obedient. He was kind. He was hardworking. Joseph was betrayed. Joseph had a good opportunity to be bitter. He didn't. He said, I'm not going to allow my situation to make me bitter. I'm going to continue to do the best that I can do right here. Yes, Potiphar, what is it that you would like me to do? Yes, sir, I will do it. Here I go. I'm going to do my new task for Potiphar now. Oh, I was taken away from my family. I was displaced from my home. Oh, but guess what? I'm not going to allow that bitterness to come into my heart. I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. I'm going to continue to do good. I'm not going to lose heart, and I'm going to remain faithful in doing good second thessalonians 3 13 but as for you brethren do not grow weary of doing good and that's what joseph did he gained the favor of god and he gained the favor of those around him even though it's not what he wanted because he kept doing good and he didn't lose heart he exhibited godly character in the midst of adversity. He was obedient, loyal, hardworking, friendly, kind. He didn't sulk over what was not, but he found peace in what was. Get that down. He didn't sulk over what was not, but found peace right where he was at. He found peace with what was. Folks, the things that we endure in this life can either tear you down or man you can just take them by the horns and use them for good just take it and beat it trust god with it have peace with it endure through it. And it's not always going to be easy hey grief pain tears heartache i'm sure there were moments in that pit G, uh, joseph felt like god where are you and why have you forsaken me even jesus himself said on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me but the scripture also goes on to say he kept he endured insults he endured threats and he kept entrusting himself to god that's what we have to do, folks. We keep entrusting ourselves to God. Final point I want to make here today is that Joseph, he kept trusting God, and he trusted God to redeem him and to bring him into a good place at some point. And what Joseph did is he took advantage of God's calling in his life. God works good for those called to his purpose. That's the last part. Of Romans 8 28 and you say well who are the called you know that word called it means invited 
It means to be invited. And Joseph, he took advantage of that. God invites all people into his good works, all people into his goodness. And Joseph, he took advantage of that. He said, yes, God, I can feel that you're inviting me. I am going to accept your invitation. I am going to RSVP. Sign me up. I am going to be a part of the works and the good things that you have laid out and in store for me. And Joseph, he accepted that invitation. The Lord has called you to his purpose. Luke 14, 23. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways, along the hedges, and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. This was Jesus speaking in a parable. He said, those that I came here to save, guess what? They have turned away from me. So now I want you to go out into the streets. I want you to go out into the highways, into the fields. And I want you to sound the alarm, sound the horn, ring that bell, and say, come, come into my house. Come, accept the invitation. I have invited everyone to the dinner table. It is time to come and take Take your place at the table with the Lord. The Lord is inviting you to the table. And he's inviting you for his purpose. God's purpose is to be a father to you. That's his desire. That's why you were created. So that God would have the opportunity to be a loving father to you. Hosea. Chapter 11, verse 8. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is turned over within me. All my compassions are kindled. This is the Lord and uh, speaking through Hosea, talking about his enduring love. How can I give you up? How can I surrender you? The Lord cannot. He will not stop pursuing you until your days on this earth are over and you have made your decision about where it is that you want to spend eternity. You have the choice today. Do you want to spend eternity with the Lord or do you want to spend eternity in eternal separation from God? The invitation is out there. Have you marked your RSVP? Have you signed up? You have to sign the sign-up sheet. You have to give him your heart. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says this, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. 1 Timothy 2.4 he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Ezekiel 18, 32, For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, declares the Lord God. Therefore, repent and live. This is a type of relationship that God wants for you. God is willing to wait, but I don't know how much longer he'll wait for you. I don't know how many times he's already reached out to you and you've rejected him. That's between you and the Lord. God isn't interested in your happiness. God didn't write the Bible for you to be happy. He wrote the Bible for you to have joy. There's a big difference between joy and happiness. You see, in the midst of trying times, in the midst of bad situations, you can have joy. You can have an inner peace, 
a knowledge, a knowing that peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing that you can have an eternity in heaven with the Lord, that whatever happens in this life, I will stay narrow focused on the Lord and I will keep entrusting myself to him. Because, folks, some of us just have a lot of scars. And it's not just on the outside, but it's right here on the inside. You know, in this life, we're going to accumulate a lot of scars on our heart. And the Lord is there to stitch them back up, to patch them back up. You've never known scars to be so beautiful. You know, I often get times get grossed out when people want to show me their scars. I'm like, no, please, I have a weak stomach. Please don't do that. But then you're reminded of what they endured, where they are now, the journey that they went through, and the healing that took place in their lives. My friends, we have a God in heaven who is a spiritual healer. And he is ready to sew together the wounds on your heart. Will you hand it over to him today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, take our hearts, hold them in your hand, and provide the healing that only you can provide. Father, I want you to take those hearts that are hurting now. If your heart is hurting, please, right now at this moment, hand it over to the Lord. Let him have his place in your life. Father God, will you take your spiritual stitching right now and will you heal these spiritual wounds? There are many who are hurting. There are many who have gone through ordeals. There are many who are struggling with pain now. Father, take the heart. Stitch it up. Turn a bad situation into a good like you always do. And Father, glorify your name. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Turn away from your sin. Repent of your sin. How's your reputation in the community? What's your life look like outside of church? If the people in this building knew all the things that you did in the four walls of your house, how would you feel? Father, repair our spiritual hearts. Father, take our wounds and heal them now. You have given us your son, Jesus Christ. You want reconstruction of a broken heart? Put your faith in Jesus now. Just ask him right now into your life. Do you know where you will spend eternity? If you have any doubt, if you're uncertain in any way, invite him into your life. He promises to forgive you of your sin. Ask him like this, dear Jesus, come into my life and please forgive my sin. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that you rose again on a third day. Please wash my sin away. And make me new again. I love you Lord. And I want to spend eternity with you in heaven. Father we thank you. For your patience. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for the good things. That you continue to do. 
in a lost and broken world, you truly are worthy of all praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday Message with Pastor Nick Stringer.